What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Dawkins on Duke. Uh, it's your host, Andre Dawkins. Uh, we will be on the Field of 68 Podcast Network. I'm incredibly excited to get this uh, podcast going. Uh, if you are too, please hit the like and subscribe button, uh, leave a review, and let us know what you think. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dre underscore Dawkins. Um, and you can check out our other podcast at the Field of 68 on Twitter and the Field of 68.com. A little update on me and what I'm doing um, out in Oklahoma. My wife and I are living out here, um, tired from the game of basketball uh, due to injuries, now working in real estate, um, and thought I'd get a podcast started. So uh, super excited uh, to begin this journey, and um, hope you're excited too. Now that we got all that out the way, um, super excited to have my very first guest on the podcast. You guys all know him. 2010 National Champ, 2011 ACC Player of the Year, All-American, the People's Champ, and Honorary Mayor of Durham, Nolan Smith. What's going on, my brother? Thanks for joining. What's up, Dre? Thanks for having me on, brother. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to take it back um, to college days. Kind of talk about like what was your welcome to Duke moment like? You know what was the moment you're like, yeah, this isn't this isn't high school no more. I'm I'm at a different level. <laughs> um, I say welcome to Duke moment. I'd probably say it came probably after my first practice, and we used to practice for about two and a half hours, hard, long, mm-hmm. competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, our roster is. Back then, we're full of McDonald's All-Americans, so yep. super competitive. And we finished a two-and-a-half-hour-long practice. I'm dead tired. And as I get towards the door to get into going to the defensive room, I hear, young fella, where you going, young fella? And I look back. Johnny Dawkins is sitting there looking at me, uh-huh. JD, uh-huh. like, nah, let's go. We ain't done yet. I'm like – no, we done. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, we're done. Like, what you mean? He's like, nah, let's go. He grabbed Jordan Davidson, and I'm out there mm-hmm. after practice zigzagging, having to go against him one-on-one. I'm turning the ball over. I'm, it's going off my foot. I'm like, man, this is not high school anymore. That was definitely <laughs> yeah. my welcome to college moment, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know now, people hear the name Jordan Davidson. Jordan was a little bulldog. He he did not play around, and he Ooh, would give you oh. fits if you wasn't ready to go. He would give you fits, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. And and the hardest part about that was a lot of the walk-ons. They were fresh. Oh yeah, they, they ain't done nothing too And they were and they, ready, they ready to go. <laughs> they trying to get a couple of minutes out there. They <laughs> this this time to eat. <laughs> man. man, my mine is is actually pretty similar. I remember. Uh, um, you know, like got down there and that was back before you could do, you know, the practices early and stuff. So all we did, you know, we just did our lifting, did conditioning and stuff mm-hmm. and pickup, which was all well and good. Like, you know, I'm doing all right pickup. So I'm like, man, this college job, this college stuff kind of easy. So then, you know, you remember we, um, we would start doing individual work, which was, you know, the four guys for an hour. And so, you know, I see it on the schedule. I think it was me, you, Jordan, 
and Kyle, maybe. Mm-hmm. Us four. And I see it on the schedule, and it's an hour. And I'm like, an hour? They can't, you know what I mean? I can't do that much in an hour. Man, I'm telling you, about five, ten minutes in, I'm, I'm just trying to get to the end. I'm just trying to survive. I'm not, try- I'm not competing no more. I'm just trying to get to the end of this workout, man. I mean, we started with just full-court zigzags, mm-hmm. uh, straight defense. You know, he, well, Joe was running it. You know, we're going to work. We're going to get our defense together today. Straight defense for an hour straight. And, I, I mean, I remember leaving the gym like, I don't know if I can do this here, right. man. Like, that, this might that, not be that, the place for me. At that moment, you were probably like, why, why did I come to college early again? Yeah, I was like, hold on, though. I didn't, uh, everything was cool up until now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that was tough. Um uh, being so, you know, being out of college for obviously a while now. Um, what were you mo? What were you most fond of, or that you missed the most? Um, you know, from just you know being a student athlete. Uh, I think just being with being with your teammates, being able to hang out with your boys, and either talk hoops, play video games, hang out on the weekends. You know, just those 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 four years of college, man, they go by fast. And it's some of the best years of your life. So, I mean, I think just everything about being a student athlete, I miss. But just especially when you talk about with your teammates, those those days, those days are just some of the best. I mean, even because when you go to the NBA, it's not that. You no, know? it's much it's, different. It's much different. So, like, you have, you know, team meals in, in college, which are the best meals. You go to the mm-hmm. NBA. What's a team meal like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to a city. You get to a city, and everybody go. Everybody goes their own way. <laughs> two guys at Ruth Chris. Two yeah. guys over here at Flemings. You got two guys yeah. at this steak spot that never even heard of, but it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's an expensive spot. Mm-hmm. And then you see your guys for practice. So yep. college, man, you just you just miss that camaraderie and the relationships that you have in college. Yeah, it it is a lot different, um, especially like on the road. Um, cause like you said, you know, you get to a city and you don't see, you know, the dudes that are making, you know, 20, $30 million a year. You don't see them dudes again till shoot around maybe, <laughs> or, you know, you might see them shoot around and then, you know, you'll see them game time. So yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot different. Um, money's a little better, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot different. So like for you, um, obviously, you know, you played a decent amount your freshman and sophomore years, but you know it was de- it was for sure a leap um, for you your junior year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, did you know going in like you know I've I got this figured out, or was it something that you know kind of came as the year went on? You were like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good here. Uh, I think I ha- I had it figured out during the ACC tournament of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. That's when it started to click for me. And I came off a, a concussion injury that I suffered at the University of Maryland. Yeah. Um, when I came back off of that, you know, I kind of had time to watch the game. It's kind of slowed down for me during that time. And I was like, I was in the transition of like, am I a point guard, am I a shooting guard? What mm-hmm. am I? And trying to figure that out for a player sometimes is tough. And during that time, I said, you know what? Be be who you are, and I I've, I've, I was always a scorer. 
yeah. from high school, from high school all the way through from really from fifth, fourth grade, <laughs> I was a scorer. So don't try and be a don't try I can't come in and try and be a playmaker if that's not what I'm used to doing. So then I came back off of that injury. I just was in attack mode, but I was still able to be a smart player and make the right plays when plays were there, but attacking first. So then after that summer, another big summer back home in D.C., just working on my game, which is something I always took pride in, was each year making a big jump and adding something different to my workout regimen. I knew coming back from my junior year that it was time. You know, I knew I basically figured out who I was as a player and it was all going to connect. And with the guys we had coming back, with you coming in, um, I felt very good about my role and what role I could carve out. And I was, I was just, I was physically and mentally prepared for that to make a huge jump from sophomore to junior year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, <laughs> a solid point for a lot of young guys um, is, you know, being aggressive and being selfish are two different things. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you said, you're, you're just being aggressive but still having the wherewithal to say, okay, I got two on me now. Let me get off of it. Yeah. Um, helps the team so much. Like just being in attack mode puts so much pressure on the defense. And eventually, you know, it opens it up for a bunch of other people, which, you know, I was obviously a big beneficiary of um, hanging out in the corner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. And y'all, made my, y'all made my assist real easy my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely had shooters. Uh, you're seeing here for sure. Snipers, not uh, shooters. Snipers. <laughs> um, so speaking of that 2010 year, obviously ended um, with a big banner going up in the end zone yep. of Cameron. Um, and, you know, that being your third year, obviously my first year, I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, we're just supposed to win games, I guess. And things are just supposed to go great. Uh, but obviously, you know, you went through two years. Um you know, where you didn't end up uh, hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. Yep. So what was different, um, your, you know, in that 2010 year? And, like, was was there a feeling at the beginning, like, this team's pretty good, or was it just kind of something that happened? You know, we just kept winning games, and then you look up and we're playing in Indianapolis. <laughs> nah, I think we, we definitely came in very confident, you know, that we we had been through enough as a group especially that senior class, you know, they mm-hmm. had lost to, they had lost the VCU in the first round before, mm-hmm. the year before I got there. So they had been through it. And then Kyle and myself, we had lost to Villanova in the second round. Yep. And then West Virginia in the, I think, second round, um, maybe Sweet 16, maybe I think it was. But either way, we had lost early. Yeah. So we had all had like a certain hunger and motivation. Then we had – had y'all coming in as, as young guys behind us, first of all, we knew we had to lead. It had to lead you all as, as the young guys on the on those teams. But we were very t- together. Um, yeah. We were very together through through all the adversity we had been through. So we felt great. And we felt like we had a team that was connected, that was going to play together, and had no personal agendas bes- uh, besides winning. And, I mean, I know you, I know you, you know that. You saw it every single day. But mm-hmm. the competitiveness that we had in practice, I mean, from the start of five, you know, to the second five, the second five was you, you, you Seth, 
um, Mason, Miles, and Ryan Kelly. Like, mm-hmm. first, that's five. And then the thing at the beginning, it might have been flipped because Mason and Miles, I think, were starting at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Zoom, yeah. Like, but either way, like, those ten guys, that, that made our team competitive. Every single day we were tough. Like, so we felt because of that we were well-groomed to make a, make a long run into the tournament. And then once you hit the tournament, you know, the name of the game is win. We had felt that pain of losing and being in that locker room, of losing early, being upset, whatever the case might be. Like, the NCAA tournament is, is a beast. I mean, like, yeah. We, yeah. We, were, we were battled and ready for that. We didn't want to go home early. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, as a freshman, you could definitely feel that sense of urgency, um, especially from the three seniors. Like you said, you know, those guys have been through – uh, a loss everywhere, you know, first round, second round, like they had seen it all. And they understood, you know, we got one more chance mm-hmm. um, to do something real special. And, you know, that was their focus the whole year. And it's hard. It's hard to to get a team um, to do that. And very I mean, it's it, it's tough, and that's why you see, you know, in the, especially in the NCAA tournament, most of the teams that win, I say this all the time, are teams that have been through stuff. They have guys there who have, you know, either gotten close or like the UVA got embarrassed the year before, mm-hmm. and they have these chips on their shoulders, and they get to the tournament, and they know how fast it can be over with. And yeah, and so that's you know that that 2010 team really had that to where you know they 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 really understood you know especially the older guys obviously I didn't know but like you know the older guys really understood um, things can end things can end quick ain't no series ain't no you know we'll get them and we'll get them in game two Uh, you know you don't got you got less points at the end of 40 minutes that's it. No, no do-overs. I think, like you, like you said, with, like, Virginia, them losing in the first round, for some reason they took that game for granted, you know, and they end up mm-hmm. losing. So now you get that team coming back, basically the same roster. They don't want that feeling again. So you have that hunger that, that just is eating up in you heading into that tournament. So for us now with young teams every single year that most of the team haven't been through that, we have to – Somehow right. show them videos, talk to them. But sometimes it's tough. You can say as much as you want to, you blow in the face. If they haven't experienced it, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know that pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. And as a freshman, winning the whole thing is kind of like not a good thing because you're like, oh yeah, you're just gonna win for these jumps and keep it moving. And you know that's just <laughs> that ain't how it goes. Um, so yeah. Um, Definitely learn that the hard way over the next three years or so. <laughs> and hey, so but, you, but you had one. Yeah, no, I got one, though. <laughs> I, I, I got it in the bag uh, to start it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, for you going from, you know, you're, you're kind of just a player, you know, you're a guy on the team, freshman, sophomore year, then you jump to becoming, uh, you know, into this leadership role. You're one of the five older guys uh, with a bunch of freshmen coming in. I mean, was there a mindset change for you or, you know, did you talk to coach? Um, you know, how, 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 how do you go from, 
you know, being a guy to being one of the guys, one of the guys that, you know, a guy like myself is looking up to for, um, you know, which, which way am I going here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, nah, for me, really, it wasn't a conversation with anybody. Um, at that point, after two years, everybody's kind of looking at you saying, who is he going to be? Who is he going to mm-hmm. become? Um, I knew who I was going to be. My trainer, Gary Lampians, knew who I was going to be. But from the minute summer the summer started, I mean, from the Pro-Am, <laughs> from the NC Pro-Am to yeah, everything yeah. I touched that summer, I was going to kill. And one thing that I learned just being at Duke and in the culture is the best players show up every single day, no matter what it is. That's, that's really all I wanted to do to, to make sure everybody knew, like, okay, yeah, he's here. He's, mm-hmm. he's arrived. So that was, that was my only mission. And every single day, I wanted you all to see that. I wanted you all to know that. And, I mean, I, I know for a fact everybody knew that. And everybody was like, okay, yeah, we know who our top three are yeah. <laughs> right from day one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's something um, I definitely took notice of. And then, you know, going into my sophomore year, which was your senior year, uh, one of the things that I did in the preseason was like, I was like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna follow Nolan and these running drills. I'm gonna be where Nolan is because if I'm where Nolan is, I'm good. And so um, that was kind of one thing that I kept in mind. I was just like, every time we got on the line and do some running, I was finding Nolan and I was gonna be right on his heels. And um, so, so then you know we did the the, the famous ten ladder at the end of the preseason. Um, it's just the worst. Uh, Man, worst. <laughs> and they don't even have to do it no more, which is crazy. They don't. They don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Um, so yeah, we got to the 10 ladder. I was just like, man, I'm, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's more of a mental thing. than yes. It is a physical thing. So I was like, my focus is staying with Nolan. And we, you know, we, we cruised through it and I was good to go. Um, I remember we were, talk- we were talking so, our way through it. Come on, it's easy. It's light. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, by by the end of it, everybody was <laughs> everybody was tired, but I was good to go because I was like, I've been keeping up with Nolan the whole preseason, so I'm cool. <clears throat> um, so you know, in 2010, uh, we won the national championship in Indianapolis, uh, same place your dad uh, won his national championship at Louisville. I mean, what did that? You know, what did that mean to you um, to be able to really, like, pretty much literally walk in your dad's footsteps? Man, it was a, a dream come true, first of all, just to win it. But then when I put that into perspective, it was like it put it put life into perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just like a totally different thing that hit me after the game um, where the tears were coming down my face. It wasn't – it wasn't because we had won. It was because, wow, I just won a championship in the same city as my dad. And it's crazy. When we started, when we got to, when we got to Indy, like, that's when I knew we were going to win it. Like, mm-hmm. I started, people, I think somebody from Louisville did an article about me going back to Indy, see that my dad won. And I was like, okay, like, this, this is really meant to be, you know. Yeah. Things, things do happen in life for a reason. Like, this is really about to happen. So, during the whole tournament, I carried my dad's final four ring with me, championship ring with me the whole tournament. I think, I don't know if you knew that, the only person I, I know knew was Jordan Davidson, and that was my roommate. So he used to see it right there on the nightstand, uh, starting game one all the way through. But, you know, it's crazy. I don't know if you remember when 
coaches to say, you know, our story's better than theirs. You know, I used to always feel like he was talking about me, <laughs> especially once we got to yeah. Indy, you know, and then after we won, he said it to me personally. He was like, I, t- I, t- I told you our story was better than theirs. And I was like, yeah, like Cinderella's story is cool, but this is, this is different. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is different. So, I mean, it's, it was, it was just a special moment to be able to do that. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I still think about it to this day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, sports is just crazy like that. Uh, you see stories like that all the time. And, you know, where just stuff just lines up perfectly, even then, you know, five years later, and then Quinn goes and does the same thing, um, uh, you know, which we all know, you know, Quinn is like a surrogate brother to you. Um, so, I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah, I, I get chills and, and just thinking about it, man. I, I had to bring it up. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate uh, Gordon for missing that half course. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It felt like it was in the air for so long. Oh, my goodness. So long. I mean, the shot the shot that I really thought had the chance was the one before that one. Oh, the fade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fade yeah. over his boobs because, I mean, if you yeah. watch him now, he probably hits that shot at a high clip now. All the time, yeah. <laughs> That's what he's been working on. Man, he's been working on ever since, since he missed ever it. Since he <laughs> Can't be missed that. Um, Can't be missed I, I gotta knock this one down. <laughs> uh, yeah, that game, man. That game was wild. Um, I had no business being in that game. I was in it for about thirty seconds, and I was, I was not, I was not ready for the eighteen-year-old Andre was not ready for that spot. <laughs> hey, coach, do quick because he gave me that very quick. Because <laughs> that year, like by that time. I knew I knew what I was doing, right? I would come in, I would come in for you just before the first time out. Yep. It would, you would get that minute or so, then the timeout, then you would come in for John, and then John would come back in for me. Yeah. But that wasn't that wasn't the day for that. So I came in for you, everything's normal. I think I missed I missed the shot. Because I, I passed it in the zoos, and I was like, if he passes it back, I'm shooting. I don't care what happens. I'm just shooting. I don't know what else to do. So I went to my default. I'm shooting. <laughs> and anybody who's ever shot in a football stadium, it's a, it's a little weird, especially if you don't play much. <laughs> so the, the line of sight is a little weird. So I shot it, bricked it, came down. Dude gave me a hit in a bucket real quick. Looked over and only back at the table. I said, "Okay, that's the end of my night. I'm gonna watch the rest of this." I'm gonna enjoy this championship game over here. Yeah. Hey, I got hey, I got the best seat in the house. You know? Hey, look, but that's like don't sell yourself short. Best believe you had just did it in the arena in Houston versus Baylor, where you saved us at the end of that end of the first half. Yeah, and that that Baylor team was probably one of the best teams I we played in my four years and people sleep on that team. That team was really, really good. And massive. Tweety Carter, Ekpe Udo, Lomers. Yeah. Uh, I think either Ekpe or AC, one of them was coming off the bench. Quincy AC, I think was, yeah. They yeah. Was tough. And that's just, I mean, 
that team was really, really good. And that took that took a hell of an effort uh to get that W. Especially um in Texas too. So they had nothing but speaking of speaking of in Texas, do you remember that practice before the Baylor game with the Baylor fans? <laughs> oh, quick story. Uh practicing practicing day before the Baylor game maybe. Yeah. Um it's in Texas, so it's, you know, not super far from Baylor. And they had a fan, they had a super fan there who came out to the practice, open to the public. And it's an hour-long practice. And, I mean, he did not shut up the whole hour, screaming to the top of his lungs during the practice the whole hour. It was the craziest thing ever, man. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. So it was, I mean, it's pretty impressive, to be honest. It was very impressive. He had us laughing by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shout out to that guy. Uh, I'd love to have him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. If somebody can find that guy, get him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So now you're uh, uh, back at Duke. Um, tell the people kind of about, you know, what's your role? What do you do? What do you, what do, you do now? Yep, yep. So I'm the director of basketball, basketball operations and player development. Um, that position itself pretty much involves everything behind the scenes from jerseys, dealing with Nike, um, team gear, team meals, um, working closely with uh, academic advisor, trainers, weight trainers, weekly schedules, team schedules, player schedules, travel itineraries. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything. Working with the social media team, uh, it's a lot that goes into running a program, and that's basically what the basketball operations guy does at every school. So that's the role I've been in for the last two years. And on top of that, I do do um, scouting uh, behind mm-hmm. the scenes as well. Because um, obviously, long term, not too long term, short term. Thirty two years old, yeah, yeah. I want to be a head coach. So while also learning and working on my uh, basketball um, stuff as well. So being in the coaches' meetings daily um, is also something that I enjoy and I'm part of. So it's been, it's been an amazing, amazing early journey in this coaching career back at Duke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you could have a better uh, place to start your coaching career. Uh, I mean, just soaking up so much knowledge. Uh, I mean – so what what kind of brought you back? What was it, you know, was it just a point in your life where you're like, I, I don't want to play no more. Uh, I want to get started doing something else. I mean, what brought you back uh, to Durham? Uh, injuries. Injuries brought me back. You know, I, I tore my ACL after two games in the G League. Um, that started that season, I was overseas, um, had some money issues over there. Um, that basically led me to come home. I was just frustrated overseas um, with what was going on with that team. So I said, you know, I'm going to go back to the G. I'm going to get back in the NBA, play two games, tore my ACL. Um, and then after a full year of rehab, I tore my meniscus on both sides of my knee. Um, so I had to have that repair. And that was after a full year. So just the mental drain that was on me um, after that, I mean, anybody had to repair an injury or rehab from an injury, it's, it's tiring mentally, 
You have yep. to stay strong and get through it. So to get to the full year at the end of it and have to have another surgery, it was it was kind of defeating. Um, yeah. It, it, it hurt. It, it hurt. And it was just like, dang, like, why me? Um, why am I going through this? You know, I've been so good to the game. I've been so good in life. <laughs> like, yeah, I live yeah, the right yeah. way. You know, like, why me? You ask all these questions. Um, but then I was at Duke. You know, Duke was taking care of me. Nick Potter was doing my rehab. Um, I was in a great place and in great hands. And after that second one, uh, Coach Jeff Capel came and was like, hey, man, you know, you know, we're praying for you, you know, take care of yourself. Um, you know, since you are around, you know, Coach was just wondering, you know, he didn't want to push you, but if you want to start your next career, you know, we have a position here for you um, as special assistant. You know, so I took about two weeks just to pray on it, talk to a lot of people, think about it, um, and just really come to a decision. Because I knew once I – jumped into the coaching business and started my next career, it was coaching. There's no going back to playing after you jump into the coaching. So it had, I had to be all in on that decision. Couldn't be one foot in, one foot out. So I made that decision. I was like, look, yeah, it's time. And I've always, I always wanted to coach when I was done playing. I didn't know how early it would come. I never thought it would come at, you know, 28 years old, but it did, um, but I was fortunate enough to be here and be under Coach K and be learning from this great staff. So, you know, here I am. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I shoot, I kind of had a similar situation. Um, two surgeries, doctor saying, uh, still didn't fix it, but, you know, I can do one more, see if it fixes it. And I'm like, man, I don't know about that. You know, it's it's obviously a risk every time you go into the night, every time you go to sleep. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not trying to roll the dice that many times, man. And so I feel you. Um, and that's kind of one of the best things about Duke, honestly, is um, that they will take care of you. Um, you know, I just like you, I was doing rehab and you saw me all last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got there, you know, Jose, Nick, um, whole staff is, you know, is right there with uh, willing to help. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes you so unique. And, um, you know, it's why we call it the brotherhood, man, because it, it's not just branding. <laughs> it's it's real life. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's something that I don't, you know, I don't think you can get that lot of students, man, just being able to come back and access any and everything that you need, um, you know. No, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. I mean, being on this side and now, I'm previewed to the meetings with with Coach, where at the start of a lot of our meetings, Coach will ask us, hey, have you talked to anybody? Does anybody need any help? And obviously, I stay in contact with basically every generation of guys, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. from the oldest guys to the youngest guys. Um, I'm pretty well connected with everybody, and – so I normally have an answer for him, or I'll say, no, nah, coach, everybody's good. And even the rest of the mm-hmm. coaches, like, nah. Or I heard from Emil Jefferson, you know, this is where he's at in his career with teams, or this is where, you know, Gene Banks is at. It's what Gene's doing. Whatever it is, from old to young, yeah. coach wants to know how everybody is doing and if there's anything he can do to help. I know for a fact that's rare for a head coach to care about every single player that's played for him. And he's had so many guys. Yeah, it's nuts. 
<laughs> and all, all at the all at the same spot. All at the same spot. So he could yeah, easily, so we, he could easily say, you know, I'm gonna I'm focus on my last ten year guys. Yeah. The older thirty plus year guys, eh? I ain't got time to think about y'all. No, he wants yeah. to know about the whole list. Yeah. Yeah, and I and yeah, that's the coolest thing, man, because. You know, he's been there, I think this is year 41 or something like that. And, yeah, it's, it's way up there. And so, you know, 40 years worth of players all have the same spot to come back to. You know, it's not like, you know, he oh, he went here and then he went there. And so, you know, I didn't go there. But, like, we all went to the – you know, we all went to the same school and we all had the same place to come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's really just the coolest thing ever to be a part of. And, you know, like K Academy is one of my favorite times of year. Um, and like really good friends, uh, guys I never played with, <laughs> you know, guys that played in the 90s, you know, like Ricky Price was my guy. Um, and it's like, it's the coolest thing, you know, to get back, um, you know, that week and just see everybody. And it's like, it, it feels like we all played on the same team, but you know it's four decades worth of guys. It's it's, it's crazy. Right, it's, it's a fam- family reunion for real. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so for you, you know, going from a player to you know on the on the sideline, like what? How has it changed? You know, how has coach changed from going from coach to kind of more of a boss role? For for coach, uh, I think coaches he's gotten more he's calmer now than what mm-hmm. he was with us, you yeah. know. And I think that's for him it's great, you know, because as you get into your 71, 72 years old, like he can't be expending that much energy, even though he has the energy and he's still fiery, he still gets mad, even though he's the goat, and, you know, he has five championships and. Thousand, one thousand plus wins, like all the everything. He has all that, you know. But he still, he still has the fire. But when it comes to on every single day basis, he 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 doesn't he does not yell at these guys the way he yelled at us. Yeah, Um, and he should, (laughs) he should just for him. But Mm -hmm. that's that's been the biggest that's been biggest change I've seen from player to this side is just how he's able to still motivate them, but just in a different way. Than yeah. He did us. Yeah, I think that's honestly, from my perspective, one of his best traits is his ability to adjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because he's not the same coach he was forty years ago. He's not the same coach he was ten years ago. Yeah. And you know, next year he won't be the same coach he is this year. And you know, so from year to year, um, he changes things. So like. You know, give an example. In 2010, we had an older team, super high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, in defenses, we had multiple different coverages. You know, everything was bigs, call it out, guards, listen, and do what they say. Um, so, like, a bunch of different plays. Like, we had, you know, a whole – massive playbook of plays that we could draw from. Um, and it was just because, you know, we had a bunch of older guys and, you know, even the younger guys, you know, were pretty high IQ. Mm-hmm. And um, 
But then, you know, the next year or, you know, the year after that, when you got a bunch of, a lot of younger guys coming in, you got to change things. You know, sometimes you got to simplify things because, you know, guys aren't used to hearing, um, hey, we, you know, we're going to blue this, we're going to red this, we're going to black this. Um, so, you know, keep things, you know, we keep things simple for a team full of young guys, whereas, you know, then when you get a bunch of older guys, it change, uh, changes things around a little bit. So, I mean, I think that's uh, something that he's great at and what makes him transcendent to the point where he can win, you know, for 40 years. You know, he can win in the 90s, he can win 2000, he can win in 2010s because he's willing to adjust. Man, absolutely. Man, he, you're right. He's changed every decade. A lot of coaches in the history of coaching have ended up getting phased out because they don't mm-hmm. change with the time. Like, yep. they end up getting fired because, oh, you're, you're too old school. You ain't mm-hmm. changing with the time. You got to go. <laughs> like, yeah, but, coach, absolutely. but coach has definitely – he changes. And one thing, when I think about coaching, he, he coaches every team differently. Like you said, he looks at the personnel – and he says, okay, what can I run with this team? Now, the plays, yeah. plays might be similar, but there's going to be some type of wrinkle that's different that fits that team. And that's, mm-hmm. that's to me, what separates him from a lot of other GOAT coaches in, yeah. in college basketball. And, even, and we look across the board in college. I mean, there's, there's system coaches, but there's system coaches. If you're a system coach, you're running the same thing every single year. Are you really coaching? Or are you right. just recruiting a player that fits your system? Yeah, and you're plugging a guy in. Plug a guy in. No, Coach K, he's adjusting by the roster, by who's coming in, and fitting to that player. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's, that's, that's what makes him special is his ability to adapt every single year. Yeah. Because even if you look at uh, 2010 to 2011, um, you know, we obviously had some similar similar guys. We had a decent amount of turnover. But, you know, the offense was completely different. Um, you know, 2010 was a lot of motion stuff, a lot of, com- you know, guys were just running off screens. And it was, you know, whoever. Somebody's going to get a shot. It didn't really matter. It was going to be you. It was going to be John. It was going to be Kyle. Someone's going to get a shot somewhere. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you go to 2011, and we got, you know, two dynamo uh, guys in pick and roll and you and Kyrie, we're going to be running pick and rolls because, <laughs> you know, we got two guys that can manipulate the hell out of a pick and roll. Um, and, you know, we're a little bit deeper, so we're going to be pressing. In 2010, you know, we got five guys playing 35 minutes. We're going to be back, <laughs> playing half-court man-to-man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even just those two teams that's, that's, that had a bunch of turnover would play completely different brands of basketball. One year apart, you had a change. Matter of fact, you win a championship and yeah. change. Yeah. <laughs> like most, most coaches and most people be like, oh, how did you change your offense after winning a championship? Why, why didn't you just do what you just did? You just won. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't have worked for us in 2011 like it did in 2010. So you make the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think what separates a lot of coaches, man, is, is because obviously, you know, coach uh, has an ego. He just, he can have an ego. He's got, <laughs> he's got more than enough reason to have an ego about himself, but it's also not having enough, not having too much ego to not say, let's do something different. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not going to work the same. And I think that's, the difference between him and a lot of coaches is like 
nope, I'm just, I'm going to keep doing my thing. My thing works. I'm going to do it. Y'all are going to figure it out. Yep. Uh, yep. And doesn't end up working for everybody. Um, so you were there, um, you know, when you had that giant freshman class come in a couple of years ago, you know, Zion, RJ, Cam, and Trey. You got to give me your best, give me the best Zion story. Best Zion story. Oof. There's so many. Huh? Let me think of one. I mean, he. I mean, first, I'll, I mean, I'll just speak on him while while thinking of a real good story. The dude, the dude was the dude was special because of his personality. Yeah. You know, to have a guy like that throw himself into Duke, even though he knows he's only gonna be at at our school for for eight months, like he just he embodied everything about our culture and about school that was that was special for a guy like him and I mean every single day and I'll just say this he he was probably the only person I've seen in history throw jokes back at coach K <laughs> like I think that was the funniest thing to me because he would like he would almost mock coach in a funny way that almost had coach kind of like <laughs> Yeah, you're not used to that. <laughs> right? But the, the, he was so just confident about himself that he could do mm-hmm. that. And, I mean, I think I think the, the best the best thing he did, and I'm sure you saw it on Duke Blue Planet, was what he did with, um, I think at this time, was Buck a freshman or sophomore? But might have been a sophomore, but bringing him in. He wouldn't start his interviews until Michael Buck yeah. was sitting beside him. Like I, I used to always think that was hilarious, but like super dope on his part because he would literally sit down. I would be getting ready to leave the locker room as media was coming in, and I, you'd hear Zion's voice, "Where's Michael Buckmeyer? Where's Michael? Hold on." He would tell me, "Hold on, don't ask me questions. Hold on, Michael Buckmeyer, get over here." Like, and the media would just be like, <laughs> "Like, what's going on?" <laughs> and then Bookmark sits down beside him and they start the interviews. I just that, yeah. was, that was special. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean what was so so cool just watching from afar with him was just um he was just having so much fun just playing basketball. And a lot you see it a decent amount, you know, with the one and done guys, it's already a job for them. And, you know, they're already like you know, in job mode, but he, you know, he yeah. was just a kid playing basketball, which was like the coolest thing to me. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he had the biggest smile on his face and he's just, you know, running and, you know, he's this giant kid having fun playing basketball. Um, nice. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just always thought that was super cool. Um, it's funny, man, because um, that year I, I got lucky Um Got lucky enough to go down and see you guys play the first two rounds um, in Columbia mm-hmm. and came out to practice for the game. And, um, you know, walked in and, I, and I, I knew he was big, but like, he's like big. And I was like, good gracious. <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's completely different when you see like, like you watch him on TV and you're like, okay, like yeah, like he's a big dude. But then you see him in person, and like 
I mean, good grief, dude. Because he he had, you know, I was talking to Coach Will about him, and Coach Will was like, and Coach Will's a big dude. And, you know, uh, Coach Will talking about some of the stuff he does in the weight room, Mm -hmm. um, just naturally, how he had to adjust. You know, he was telling me he had to adjust his strength program because he was like, like, man, you know, if we had him on a normal uh, strength routine, Mm -hmm. he he would just gain muscle like that. And so, I mean, he's really like a one-of-a-kind yeah. human, which is nuts. You don't see very often. He really is. Um, now, I know you had a hand in those um, couple of the jerseys from, from last year. Um, like, what was that like? Was that you coming off the coming off the top of the head like, hey, hey, you want me to do these jerseys? Or was it like a, just kind of a collaborative process? What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, Dave Bradley and myself, obviously DB being the uh, the guru of social media for us and all the all the behind the scenes stuff. Me and him were just sitting in the office uh, about four years ago because it took Nike because we said we DB and I were like, look, we need we need we want to revamp our whole our jerseys and go back to the old school look with the you know blue down the side like our uniforms yeah. were. That's like, oh, it's it's time to go back. So that, I mean, I know a lot of people like the Rio jerseys with the with the white lettering that 2015 mm-hmm. wore. Like those were cool. I said, you know, let's go back to the old school look. Um, so we, we we did that, and then while we we're sitting, we pulled out all the Nike NBA jerseys, NFL jerseys, hockey jerseys. We yep. started pulling up West Point jerseys of Coach K, and we started just brainstorming. We had papers laid out all over the floor, and we started looking. And then we just came up, we're like, man, we got to do something for the brotherhood. We got to do something for Coach K. So then that's how we, we the West, the gray Coach K jersey, if you look mm-hmm. at the West Point jersey, that's where we kind of got the inspiration for that one. And then we threw in the gold for all of Coach K's gold medals. And then you yeah. have the blue for Duke. So the gray for West Point, the, the, the gold for gold medals, and the blue for Duke. That's how we came up with those colors. And that came together real nice. And then the brotherhood one, we just started thinking about, you know, what is the brotherhood about? Well, it's about Duke. You know, first and foremost, we all went to the school. We love the school. So how can we honor Duke and the brotherhood? So that's how we came up with the Navy colorway, which is an old school Duke color. And with the Gothic script, um, with the brotherhood on the, on the belt. And Nike said, let's do it. And it took them, it was a three-year process before we rolled them out. So we were just patiently waiting for them to send us yeah, the jerseys. And when they came in, um, we were very excited. And obviously, uh, Coach Coach saw them. Miss Kay had her hand in it. Um, everybody, you know, was a huge part in it behind the scenes. Um, you know, we had we had some other some other ideas that were probably for, for DB, DB and I, they were probably on the louder side. You know, we, <laughs> we had looked at the Orlando, Orlando Magic pinstripe. You know, Ooh, okay, okay. those those jerseys, the Chicago Bulls pinstripes, mm-hmm. like those jerseys are all time classes. So we we yeah, had looked at that. Um, some thought it was a little bit too loud. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Brotherhood Navy one was a nice, nice classic, clean look. Um, and I'll go ahead and let you know now the white one. The white one is coming. Hey, heard it here first, baby. <laughs> I give my. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give honestly, my was about to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I know. First, first episode, we get exclusive already. Um, 
Yeah, see, I was always partial to the blacks. I love the blacks. Um, just cause. And then the Brotherhood ones came out and those kind of jumped up up the list real quick. Cause like you said, they're super clean. Um not a whole lot going on in them, but like I really I I like the the that old Duke Blue. Um people don't really know about a lot of stuff around campus is you know, is that color blue and yeah. the lettering I think is, is super dope because you see it all it's around true. campus. So it's kind of like you know, you got the brotherhood, but then you, you also kind of put campus into the jersey. And I mean I I, I love them. The cool thing about it too, when we first wore them, like everybody around, just the branding and everything, the branding team and people in the program, how they changed how um, Cameron looked. So they changed the name, name play up in the top corner to where it was the same exact lettering. So it was a cool feel when we rolled those out for that first home game. Yeah, that's dope. Um, all right, so going into <clears throat> this year, I mean, what's this team look like? What are, what are we in store for? Yeah, no, nah, this year's team's exciting. It's going to be, you know, guard-driven team right now. Um, our guard play has been very dominant from Wendell Moore taking a big jump. Then you have the guards coming in, Jeremy Roach, um, Joey Baker back, um, DJ Stewart, uh, Jordan Goldwire. And then you throw all those guards in, and you have Matt Hurt, um, who's who's make, taking a big jump um, in strength-wise and shooting. Just He's overall just taking a big jump. So excited to see um, all of them hit the court together. But then we also have um, great guys right right there with them as from a competitive standpoint in Henry Coleman, Mark Williams, Jamin Brakefield, um, all the guys. I mean, we feel like we have – 11 guys that that could get into a game and give you something, including Patrick uh, Tape, a transfer from Columbia as an older guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been an older guy. He's been exactly what you expect from from an old man <laughs> you know, coming in as a freshman. You know, he's been, he's yeah. been old. He's been talking. He, he knows how to play defense. And we needed that with so many young guys on this team. So, you know, we're excited about all of them. Um, but definitely excited about those uh, – two sophomores coming back, you know, obviously who had high expectations coming in, um, had their ups and downs as freshmen, but there's nothing like learning from your freshman year and coming back for, for more, you know, you, you, you have that chip on your shoulder, kind of like what we talking about, like we talked about earlier, but you know, for them, they didn't get even get to play in the NCAA tournament. I think a lot of people are going to have that chip on your shoulder from not being able to play in it, but yeah. they, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to have some extra motivation to their, to their season. Yeah. Um, who you know who's kind of stepped up as leaders? I mean, y'all have a team captain already. You know who who are you guys looking for to kind of lead this team into this year? Yeah, uh, no, no team captain, but we have four guys that have been doing an amazing job of just leading and knowing what what we expect of the, of the team and of the of this from this program. And that's Jordan Goldwire as a senior, uh, Joey Baker as a junior. And then Matthew Hurt and Wendell Moore. So all four of those guys have been talked to as, you know, people in leadership positions, and you know they've they've been they've been doing that at a very good level to this point. Yeah, um, freshman wise, I mean, I know it's a big class coming in, very talented class. I mean, has anything surprised you um, 
you know, about this crew, um, you know, with their development being, you know, being a little bit further along than you would have expected at this point? Yeah, uh, I think the one guy that I didn't speak on yet is Jalen Johnson. Um, yeah. He's, he's a freak athlete, <laughs> but he came in um, and needed to be coached. You know, he was talented, but you could tell he had a lot of learning to do. And in a very short time, he's taking a big jump. He's taking a big jump. And that, that sums up all the, all the freshmen in one. They've all came in and been hungry to learn, hungry to work. And they've all been an absolute joy to work with every single day. They come in with the same energy. Even during this crazy time, we're telling them to put, put their mask on every, every five minutes or whatever. Like all these rules that they've been under, like it's been like no team has ever gone through anything like this. So for this team to be – um, as disciplined as they've been during this time and still come to work every single day, every practice with the energy and passion to get better, that, you know, we're, that excites us about them. And no, we know that the future for all of them is bright. You know, they keep that same hunger and energy. Yeah. Um, it's kind of something like I speculate all the time when looking at the roster every year. I'm like, oh, can, you know, can we get to nine, ten deep in this one, but is this this seems like you guys really feel like this could be a year where, um, you know, you can get a bit deeper into the bench and maybe um, use your depth as a weapon against teams to you know push pace and just you know make teams tired. Is that something y'all feel like is possible this year? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, as talented as we are, we're not top heavy like we've been in past years. Um, you know, and that's not to slight any of the guys that we have, but there's not a there's not a Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett sitting as the top two. <laughs> right. That's that's just a fact. So if all the guys bring their energy and bring the intangible they can bring to the table, we definitely think that all of the guys that are scholarship have a chance to play. And as mm-hmm. long as they continue to grow and, and head in a positive direction as they're heading right now, they're gonna be on the court. We're gonna try and find a way to get them on the court. Yeah. Now, obviously, um, this year is very different, <laughs> uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything. I mean, and, uh, I saw it was announced that Cameron's not going to have any fans this year. I mean, do you have any, like, idea what that's going to feel like? I mean, obviously, we've never been in uh, empty Cameron playing a game that meant anything. Uh, um, well, I mean, we play some games that meant something between us, but, you know, <laughs> uh, not, you know, nationally televised games. I mean, do you have any idea what that's going to feel like? Is that going to be weird? Like, Yeah, I think I think overall it is going to be weird um, to play yeah. basketball, to play basketball with no fans. I mean, just saying that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> just saying that. I mean, we've all been playing basketball our whole lives and been in gyms and even from – eight and under basketball, we had fans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. We always had fans. So now to come into Cameron Indoor Stadium, one of, the, one of the best basketball venues in all of basketball, and not see the Cameron Crazies, it's going to be completely different. And we don't know yet the impact that's going to have on opponents. We don't know the impact that's going to have on us. Um, we do know we are doing the best to create an environment that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to look cool. 
and it's going to be something that's not cut out, you know, placed in the crazy. It's going to be these virtual boards that, that you'll actually see some live look of Cameron crazies, you know, as if they were there. But with all that being said, as a player and as a human being, you look over there, you know, that's not real. (laughs) So it's not going to, it's not going to fool anybody. Um, No, it's going to look great. You know, so we just hope at the end of the day, our players are going to have to bring the energy. They're going to have to bring the fight and they're going to have to, attack the opponents when they come in. You know, I do think at the end of the day for an opponent, you're still coming into Cameron Indoor Stadium. Absolutely. You know, you're still going to look up there and see the banners. You're still going to look up, look down that sideline and see Coach K. So there's still going to be that that nervous factor that I think all opponents have when they are trying to impress a Coach K, you know, beat a Duke in Cameron. You know, noise going to be there? Probably not. But it's still Cameron Indoor. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this year. I think I'm a little biased, obviously, but I think we're getting a little disrespected, a little overlooked, you know, coming in at uh, number nine, I think, in the AP poll or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's why you play the games. You know, it's all good. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, But, yeah, I'm very excited uh, to see you guys play this year and – we we got overlooked right. in 2010. So Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We got disrespected <laughs> real bad in 2010. Um but shout out to them, man. You gave us plenty of bulletin board material <laughs> to talk about. Right. And, you know, coach don't coach don't play the coach don't play the disrespect at all. <laughs> uh shoot, shoot, quick story, man. Um we were playing at Florida State, I think my junior year, and they were, you know, Florida State's always really good. Mm-hmm. And um, before the game, they uh, they had somebody, I don't know if it was a security guard or what, come over to coach and tell him, you know, after Florida State wins, uh, you, know, you guys can exit over here. You know, we came in one way. They're like, you know, you guys are going to leave over here because they're going to storm the court. And boy, was he, he was not having that. Um, so needless to say, we did not lose that game, and we walked out the same door we walked in. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, it's all good. We'll take the disrespect. And uh, people, people are bold. I have similar yeah. stories. So now in my role, a lot of people, security or opposing team ops guy or whoever, they'll come to me and tell me something similar to that. And I, I looked at one dude. And I said. First of all, I'm not telling my head coach what you just said. <laughs> you don't get the out my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> all right, no, coach. I know coach ain't take that well. <laughs> nah, not at all. He was. I don't even. I, don't, I honestly don't even know if he went over the scout. You know, he goes over the scout or whatever before we head out. I don't even know if he went over like matchups or anything like that because at that point it didn't matter. And you know we. By the time he finished, we was all ready to run through a wall, and <laughs> yep. we got them up out of there <laughs> and walked out the same joint we walked in. Same way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ain't no court storming, unless y'all court storm for losses, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know I've seen, um, you know, social media, you do a lot of, you know, community engagement in Durham and things like that. I mean, you know, what makes that important to you and – you know, why 
why is you know why is that such a high priority for you? Yep, yep. So community service to me has always been very important. It's always been something that you know has been instilled in me since a young age that you know if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's I've always loved that quote. And during this time in in, in America, um, if you have a platform, I feel like there's there's no way you can sit in silence or sit behind your desk or behind your job and not speak out for your people, for your student athletes that have to deal with some of the stuff that has happened in America from police brutality to systemic racism to everything. So for me in this position, I just felt like it was only right for me to speak up. And I've been fortunate to be at a place that I've had nothing but support and backing from Coach K, from, from Dr. White to uh, President Price this whole the whole campus of Duke University has been just amazing, and what they've been you know telling me to do, and what they've been telling me to do is keep going. <laughs> they've loved that. They've loved absolutely every single thing I've said and everything I've done. Um, so it's been it's been an absolute honor to be able to do it. And you know, like I've said in one of the protests, it's not it's, this. It can't be a moment. It's a movement. Yeah. You know, in, in the movement on campus. From, from other sports teams to the, to the university side, you know, our campus is striving to be better, you yeah. know, when it comes to racism, and, you know, hopefully our country can get there as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's one of, been one of the coolest things in seeing what you're doing is, um, you know, it's not just you, you know, you're back, you know, coach is right there with you. Um, like you said, Dr. White is right there with you in a time where a lot of people are, you know, being pretty conservative with their messages and things like that. Um, you know, I think Duke has been been out out front and <clears throat> you know being real and saying saying what needs to be said, and um, you know, it makes me proud as an alum. Um, you know, to see them not not just allowing you to do you know what you've been doing, but being right there with you and you know locking arms with you and walking forward with you, man. And it's just it's been super dope to see. Um, now, uh, I think it was just in October, you won the Tar Heel of the Month Award. Um, I mean, it's dope, but like, uh, can we change the name? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> hey, coach, coach, coach and I fought hard to change the name, but apparently, I guess it's, it's crazy. I guess it's something that's been going on for a long time here in North Carolina where that's the name. So, we're yeah. just like, I mean, I guess we'll accept. We'll, we'll accept yeah, the awards. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they mail me something, a plaque or something, I don't know. If they said something might be coming in the mail. I might take it to the store and get Blue Devil put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's it's all of this has been an absolute honor, and just to you know to be out here doing the work and being about action is it's been humbling. Um, the mayor of Durham has been amazing. He he's a Duke grad, um, so to be out here on on the front lines with with just good people, good men, everyone spreading the message of love and change in our communities, um, that's that's what it's all about. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a blessing, man. Yeah. So anybody uh, for anybody listening, is there anything they can anywhere they you know they can go to help or anything like that? Um, uh, right now, I mean, we haven't really set up anything like that. But I mean, if you are in Durham, North Carolina, um, you know, when when COVID is over, you know, be on the lookout just for more events and more 
you know, community, community engagement events, bringing, bringing people together. Um, that's, that's one thing I say, you know, COVID, COVID's definitely, you know, slowed up a lot of the, a lot of yeah, the work. For sure. It's been, it's been crazy to work through it, but we've, we've, we've still been doing it, which is, which has been a mission of ours not to let, you know, anything get in our way, um, not let anything be an excuse. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think I've taken up enough of your time for today. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for, you know, being the first guest. Um, we'll definitely have you on again at some point. Um, but that's all I got from you today. Uh, again, thank you, Nolan, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week, Duke fans. I appreciate you having me on, brother.